Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your brand new source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. We are here to break down the Packers win over the Minnesota Vikings on this past Sunday, 41-17. to But before we get into that, we just wanted to say a few quick words about Tamar Hamlin, who unfortunately during tonight's broadcast of the Bengals-Bills game, if you missed it, collapsed on the field and received emergency medical attention and was then rushed to the hospital. Our thoughts and prayers are with both him and his family. It's hard to talk about football right now when something this serious happens. Um, but uh, if you go check out our Twitter at Father Son Packer, uh, we've retweeted a link to his charity where you can go donate on GoFundMe. Um, that's kind of all there is to say about that is that our thoughts and prayers are with him right now. Dad, anything you want to add? Yeah, it's just pretty scary. And you have like fans and players from across the country, um, you know, offering their, their own. Uh, prayers and and hopes for him yeah I, I think the entire nfl like all the fan base the players the coaches everyone is keeping him and his family and are in their thoughts tonight and yeah very scary stuff but dad um let's move on to the game uh packers win 41 to 17 over the minnesota vikings uh moving to eight and eight on the year 500 officially control their own destiny um, with next week's game against the Lions, which has been flexed into Sunday Night Football, um, gut check on this game, Dad. How did uh, how did you feel about this game? This is one of the, in, in many ways, some of the one of the best um, games of the year for the Packers. The best defensive performance for the Definitely. year. They they had a few stumbles early that actually special teams and defense um, rescued them from and got the um, got the momentum going for them well. Um, as you mentioned, they they win and they're in, but if they lose, they're out. They they can can no longer back their way in by losing um, any games. So it's not quite a play in because the Lions need help from uh, the Seahawks Seattle. to lose, or the Rams, I guess, is who'd be helping Rams, them. Right, right. Uh, they need the Rams to beat the Seahawks. Um, but yeah, but I felt like it was, it was though with the Packers Lions getting flexed to Sunday Night Football is. <laughs> the result of the Rams and Seahawks will already be in at that point. So it could be, I mean, people like to say that the Lions would be then playing for nothing. I don't think I agree with that because you're playing to knock out a division rival, which is always something. Just look at how how they were playing last year against the Packers when yeah. they were limited, had nothing to play for, and they emptied the playbook they against called, like, the Packers in that game. Plays and every single one of them worked. It was very yeah. It was very annoying to play against. It was against. very Dan Gamble-esque. Yes. But so, to if... If you're going into this game and the the Seahawks end up winning and you think the Lions are just going to call it a season, one, two, three, Cancun, you're going to be sorely mistaken because that team is going to play the Packers really hard no matter what. I think this is going to be a really tough game coming up. But yeah, in terms of your gut check for this past Vikings game, I think this is one of the more fun Packers games I've seen in a long time. Really wacky to start the game, but laying a beatdown on a division rival in the second last week of the season, especially the Vikings, is always fun. Always a good time. Uh, I really, like you said, I thought this was the best game I've seen from the secondary in a very long time, um, specifically the secondary. The D-line really acquitted themselves well, although they were going against some backups in key spots for the Vikings as the Vikings were down to their third-string center um, and backup right tackle pretty much within the first quarter of this game. Pretty early in the game, yeah. Yeah, and so that definitely uh, aided the Packers' efforts in a lot of ways. But yeah, gut check wise, I think this was just a really fun game to watch. I've already rewatched it once, um, 
it was, was very relaxing for a lot of that game after the first couple of possessions. You know, it was funny. It's like in the beginning, like the special teams giveth and the special teams taketh take, taketh away. Like their yeah. first, it's like, oh man, they screwed up. And and then talk, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But how uh, they managed to get them going and the the defense and special teams when the offense was sputtering and and then it was just kind of fun and they just yeah. kept giving the, the the Vikings trouble. Yeah, this this game was pretty much done after the first drive in the second half, I would say, for the Vikings. Uh, yep. As soon as they, as soon as Kenny Clark forced that fumble, it was like, all right, that'll do it. it. Was iced. Yep, yeah. that was that was pretty much like that was their last punch. They were actually moving the ball pretty well at that point, and it was just like, nope, that's that's it. No, I don't remember if they're quite in the red zone, but they had moved pretty far. They were like at the, the 20, 24, 25. Yeah, they been just outside of the red zone, but uh, and and then it was like, okay, they're not going to be pulling a Colt style. Come back yeah. on us. You know, I didn't actually, I will say at the time, I was like, you know, still not quite over yet. And then we scored and I was like, you know, still not quite over yet. And then I think <laughs> once it got to 41-3, I was like, yeah, so this it game took- was 41-17. It was not that close. It was 41-3 to until pretty much garbage time. And Cousins <laughs> threw like a, a deep throat and nailer at the end of the end of the end his um, time and, in. And then and, uh, Mullins right, came in and Mullins threw a touchdown. In. Uh, to KJ Osborne, I think it and was. And you had heard even like the Vikings fans like, why is Cousins even still in there? Yeah, exactly. It was forty-one to three. In the Twitter it feeds. was it was an utter domination from front to back. Um, but Dad, let's get into this game. But let's lead off with a quick injury report. Um, going through the Packers side of things, like we said already, the Vikings had a few key injuries in this game to their offensive line, uh, and then on the Packers side of things. Josh Nyman was replaced fairly early on the right side by Tom, although he was still blocking on extra points. So it's tough to tell if his shoulder was just was hampering his performance or they just felt better about Tom in there. But Tom actually had a very nice game, so it seemed like the right call. Um, beyond that, um, Ramiz Ahmed, who was elevated and activated for this game to do kickoffs, pulled his, uh, I think, his groin in warm-ups and then was out for the rest of the game. So, right. so that is planned for him to do the kickoffs and then he got hurt before the game started. And couldn't exactly. Go. And then Aaron Jones uh, at se- like a few different points in the game, but one specifically after a long run down the left sideline, had to get some help um, from trainers and was limping pretty heavily, but he did come back in. Uh, he's definitely still bothered by something in his leg, but he still had a great game today, which oh, we'll yeah, that was into. that play where he got uh, kind of pushed out of bounds on the left side. And he started yeah, it was like a that. third and short, and then he broke it open for like 25, 30 yards. And yeah, and then he, he kind of, he was like gimpy getting up, but he, he came back in the game a bit later, um, but he's definitely still dealing with some stuff. But dad, let's get down to anything you wanted to touch on injuries wise, or should we get down to the, the rest of it? And that was really all I noticed injury. The other wise. one was Jaron Reed had some cramps, but didn't seem to take him out of the game at all. Oh, that's right. They're stretching um, him out on the on the field at one point. I was yeah. First he was laying down. It's like, oh, what's happened to him? But then they just started stretching his legs. Like, oh, that's that's what it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's move on to our game breakdown. Let's start with the offense, Dad. And let's start with some of the things that we were talking about pregame of what we wanted to keep our eye on. Do you want to lead us off there? Uh, sure. So I had a few things on offense. Um, one of the ones I mentioned was to try to take advantage of Zadarius Smith's expected ag- aggression, um, rushing the passer, to then take his vacated lane as he dived, dove to the middle. Um, and I think they tried that unsuccessfully because they yeah. ran over to his side a few times and he was uh, maybe a little more disciplined and disrupted the outside run. 
Um, and he in didn't the even, in the beginning of the game, at least. He wasn't even necessarily the one making the play all the time, but as the one that immediately pops to mind is the Dylan run to the left side where he immediately works upfield and doesn't make the tackle, but he slows him down enough where we and, pretty and much for, lose And yard. forces him wider and, and, yeah. and then the help uh, cleans it up. Yeah, so there's that one play anyway. And then I had mentioned like some pass to crossers on the run to take advantage of the lack of speed of the Minnesota secondary. And they maybe had one or two of those, not very many. There's one to Dobbs, I think, breaking in. Um, they didn't really and... need to pass the ball much, so no. it's it's and, hard and, to say. And, and, yeah. and then they started off not and they started off not passing it well. It got a mm-hmm. little better. It was like uh, last week, but though they didn't heat up bad. as much as they did in the Miami right. game. Though in the Miami game, it was bad in the first half and good in the second half. And here was similarly bad in the first half and a little better in the second half. Yeah, well, let's let's start with the bad so we can end with the good because this was a very good win for the Packers. Um, and you were mentioning the passing game. I think let's start off with that because if this team is going to make the playoffs and make any noise in the playoffs, I think they need a whole lot more from Rodgers. He has not been good for a few weeks now. Uh, I would say in this game, he was had a couple of nice throws, but for the most part, he went 15 of 24 for just 159 yards and one passing touchdown. He did also have a rushing touchdown. And he just doesn't look accurate, especially to start games. But he doesn't look didn't look accurate in general in this game for large um, swaths of it. Couldn't really hit Watson deep. Had him open several times and missed him long. Uh, he, missed he missed him long. One, no. There was one where there was a lot of contact. That's fair. They were like, not calling. It, 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 that was what I was going to say. They, and one of the things I had is like they didn't hit the deep shots. Couldn't um, hit the deep but, shots. Missed Lazard on that easy third down. He was like wide open in the end zone, the third and goal, uh, where he uh-huh. just kind of spiked it. Uh, oh, that had, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had several other just bad misses. I mean, he started, like we said, he started 5 of 10 for 37 yards. Like that is pretty dang bad. Um, he just doesn't look accurate. Does he need to retape the thumb? I don't know. He'll have like a couple nice throws. And I think specifically on third down, he was quite good today. Uh, but then he'll just have some baffling misses where I'm just like, what? Like you just, he's just way off on some of these throws. Yeah, and, and, and making his like receivers dive to try to make the catches, which they did, I think they did a couple caught. Yeah. Lazard bailed him out one time. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he had the, but the, like the throw to Tunyon. Pretty nice, like stayed in that there. That was a beautiful throw, yeah. And just uh, uh, you know, a couple found... nice throws to Cobb. Uh, the one to Lazard that was off target was on the run, so a bit of a you yeah. Just at least yeah, he's running right and trying to throw it back, and yeah, uh, and Lazard does uh, help him out alone. But he had other ones that were off target as well. Yeah, and the the deep shots. I don't give him too much grief for because it's hard to gauge the distance when you don't know how much the def- the defensive back is going to be allowed to hold him up. Yeah, and I, we can't complain too much about that because they let it go both ways with the physicality yeah, so there in the was secondary. Like, there, but there that two, did impact his throws. Yeah, there were there are two of those deep shots to Watson where, you know, the amount of contact allowed really made it almost impossible to connect on one. Yeah, but he's he's having trouble hitting those deep he's shots. Had trouble with, the past few games. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, had trouble gauging the distance where he had Watson was free and he overthrew him. Yeah, and it's and... like if you're not taping the thumb, is it really an excuse anymore? Like you're just missing at that point, I think. Yeah, and, and he's, he's missing. Just... He's missing on the shorter throws too. Even like you know, yeah. on the flat or uh, you know in the middle, he's just like left or right or down. Not quite as many like down in the dirt they had early in the year. Remember how many of those there were? Yeah, he's not missing low as much. He's overthrowing and he's missing 
he's missing all over the place in a lot of ways. It's not very consistent. He is overthrowing, I think, more than anything. Don't know why. Um, the other thing that seems to be happening is he's getting a lot of balls. Seems like he's getting a lot of balls a lot batted of down balls this year. Batted down. Is yeah. that is that just confirmation bias? I haven't like counted it up, but it seems like has he is he like changed his motion a little bit so that now he's got a lower release. I have not analyzed it this carefully. But I'm wondering if there's something going on with this release point that's having more balls thrown um, knocked out. I don't know. I I don't I, have I haven't looked at it enough to have an explanation. So I'm just totally speculating here. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But I think they they still need to a make the playoffs and b if they're going to do anything and not just lose in the first round, uh, which I would assume they would be expected to if they made the playoffs. He needs to be like borderline like last MVP. year or yeah. two years ago. Even uh, um, Rodgers, not not in the, games like this where you this can run the ball version. at in games like this where you can run the ball at will, it doesn't matter as much. But there are gonna be times where that's not the case, and especially against the teams in the playoffs that they would be playing if they yes, made it that so far. I mean, even the Lions there, the um, Eagles and the Niners. But we we can't even worry about that too much because the Lions. No, are we got the Lions who also put up forty on the Bears. Exactly. But um, yeah, beyond that, though, they've got a little home away Jekyll Hyde going there for the yeah. Lions that we're but, hoping to we're hoping to take advantage of that uh, hot and cold. Um, yeah, but anyway, beyond that for the offense, um, the only other negatives I really had were really slow offensive start, which I think was in large part due to Rodgers. I mean, their first two drive, they had eight plays for 14 yards. Um, and then the other thing was just like a fairly, I would say, didn't get talked about much, but a fairly tangible drop-off in this game, especially from Jones to Dylan, uh, which is a bit worrying both for the rest of the year with how Jones seems to be limping after every game and only a limited participant in every practice. Uh, and for future years where you may have, like even next year, you may have to move off of Jones's contract and Dylan might be your starter. And I mean, Jones averaged 7.9 yards per carry and Dylan averaged 3.4. And I know yeah. a lot of that's situational because uh dylan's getting a lot of that goal line work and a lot of the short yardage work but dylan just could not get it going running outside at all i mean he was getting caught by edge rushers like from the backside repeatedly and just could not couldn't he couldn't break a run outside and then you see jones is like free eight yards free eight yards free seven yards jones jones is getting the corner he looked like he had a lot of burst here yeah we can talk about that a little bit more later i had one more comment on the passing game just a little little nugget about how bad it was in the beginning with the sack that they took, that Rodgers took, um, they didn't get into positive passing yardage for the game. Besides, like, they started off for one yard. It took them eight dropbacks to get firmly established in net positive passing yards. That sack was so weird. Why are you taking a 16-yard sack, yard sack on fourth down? Yeah, like, well, yeah, just, just heave it. Just chuck it. A pick is not yeah. even that bad. I mean, no, it worked out. It'd be but... If you if you throw it thirty yards downfield, it's a pick. It's better. Yeah, I don't know if he just didn't want to open himself up and get like annihilated. Hit the thumb again? Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but, it, but it's just you can't. Take but, but still, even even without that, you know, they yeah. were at like you know less than ten yards for like the first seven passing plays. Yeah, they they need more. It was, from just, really, it was just really bad. They need more from the passing game. I do think it cleaned up as the game went on. So let's, with that, move on to positives. Um, specifically, I think the passing game had moments that were good. Um, 
And I think a lot of that was due to the offensive line play. Uh, they allowed just one sack, only four pressures, only three QB hits, which is incredibly impressive when you consider the fact they're going out against the edge rushing pair of Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter with Dalvin Tomlinson, who actually had a pretty big impact early in this game. He's the one who had that sack on Rodgers. Um, specific shout out to Zach Tom, who came in right tackle with like barely any notice. And uh, let me see, I have it written down, allowed just one pressure uh, over the course of the game. I mean, that's very impressive. Um, yeah, I, I think the passing offense was at times good. Uh, the other thing for the passing offense, I thought Lazard was quite good today. Was I think one of his better games of the year. Uh, five he was catches, doing some nicely blocks. Oh, Lazard, not, sorry, not, sorry, I started. Yeah, I, yeah, not Lazard. Lazard, yeah. Lazard. Lazard. He had five catches on six targets to lead the Packers with fifty-nine receiving yards, which is a third of their passing yards. Um, four of his five catches went for first downs. Two of them on third down. Uh, just a really nice game from him. He was also blocking very well. Uh, he always does, but definitely an impactful, uh, impactful day from him. I would say one of his two or three best games of the year. Uh, and then speaking of third downs, or did you have anything else you wanted to add on the passing game? Because I, there was one other thing. I don't really have anything more. So I that. had a little bit on the, on the pass pro as well. So they, you know, as you mentioned, only one sack and four pressures and Rogers mostly was kept clean. And a shout out to Zach Tom for coming in and switching sides on short notice. The guy who just come in at the last minute and like, yeah, what, whatever. Where do you want me? Where do you want me, coach? And this is the type of matchup that should be difficult for him with him not being the heaviest guy. He's like barely touching 300 pounds. And power rushers like Z and Hunter should be the type of guys he struggles with. No problem. And I know a lot of it was they didn't have to drop back very much. They yeah. did a lot of quick game stuff, but still. Yeah, but when it comes to like their their pass blocking, all five stars, well six uh, including uh, um, Nyman, were like above to um, high quality or well above uh, grades by PFF for their their pass yeah. blocking. What do you what do you think about the switch from Nyman to Tom? Do you think it was injury related or do you think it was performance? <sighs> wildly speculate for me, please. Wildly speculate. I didn't even see Nyman enough in the beginning. I just assumed he was hurt. How I didn't even notice it. How like, did he have, like, three? It didn't even feel like it was that bad. Like, I thought he was... I didn't His notice him bad like, either. He didn't give... It's not like he gave up a pressure. Yeah. Either. So I'm not quite sure what the story was. Me either. And it's like... I mean... It, and and it maybe maybe because, shoulder um, was bothering him, and they felt like he could hold, hold up in the, uh, the, the few special team snaps he took. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. It was just weird because if he's not 100%, don't waste him on special teams. Like, what's the point? And if he is, he wasn't playing so poorly that you felt like the offense had no hope if he was out there, I thought. I, it was just an interesting... Yeah, and we haven't gotten an explanation yet of... Uh, well, I guess LaFleur gave some coach speak that was yeah. indecipherable. Yeah, I, I don't could know. Be, it, could be interpreted either way. And it's like, hard well, we to... we wanted to take care of his shoulder and... yeah. I mean, he was. It worked because Tom had a very good game, but it is interesting nonetheless. Uh, the other positives I had for the offense. If did you have anything else for the pass pro? Uh, that's it for pass pro. And then for the pass game, I had you know Tunyon with one of his better games. Oh yeah, Tunyon had a nice th game. Three catches for fifty-two yards, and he caught the only passing touchdown of the game. Mm -hmm. um, helps, his, when no, his, helps when no one guards you. His pass blocking was wasn't so great, but uh, he was able to find spot and make make plays. Um, in the, in uh, the receiving, 
Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about it a bit later, but just I think it's just like an overall very nice game for the whole tight end room. Mercedes had a very nice game. I thought Deguara had a really nice game blocking. And then Tunyon yeah, had one shout out to Deguara as a lead blocker on multiple plays. He was a big reason. They had him in the backfield a lot just as the fullback in the eye or slightly offset. He was decisive. Like he was a key cog to a lot of those big runs. Like he was just blowing people out of the hole repeatedly yeah. especially yeah, on the outside. Yet who run. he took out of the play on one of Jones's runs at the left side where it's like who opened that? Oh, it's Deguara who opened that up. It's funny but, because oh, he had that one catch and looked so not explosive and then when he's blocking he looks like he's actually an athlete. I don't really understand why it doesn't translate. One thing I would like to add, I don't I think I don't think you had it in your notes and I didn't add it in mine, but it's not it's about the run game. The goal line score by Dylan. They had both. I think. I think that was one that had Deguara and Davis both in the lead. They actually surge and blow their and and push their way into the end they zone. Actually, they actually push from behind. Every other team has figured this out already, and now we finally have two. And it's instead nice of see. only getting in, if they like get a gap and get a hole, they actually just power bull rushed. You know. Bullied, mm-hmm. their way, bullied their way into the end zone, like so. Yeah. Basically, every member of the Packers team was in the end zone by the time with the ball and it's going not in like there. The Vikings which we see run so rarely. It's not like the Vikings' run defense is that good, but we'll like it's still nice because they're such a bad goal to go offense, and they kind of did it again today. They messed up around the goal line once more, but you know they're improving yeah. at least. And I just want to give my... a shout out for that play because we we've seen it so rarely, even not just this year, but the last couple of years. That yeah. kind of play, yeah. And then the other thing, I think my – I almost had this as my first thing. Well, also, the running game in general was very good. Running backs average 5.23 yards per carry, especially Jones was excellent, like we said earlier. Dylan had some nice situational stuff around the goal line. Um, it was pretty good. But the thing I wanted to talk about that I am a little sad that I hadn't already gotten to was the third down offense was excellent. They went 7 of 12 on third down, which is – uh, what, what were they like? Which is the be- the highest conversion rate they've had all year per StatMuse, and it's just the third time they've gone over fifty percent this season. The others being the first Bears game and the Lions game. Um, and I'm trying to see what their average distance was to go on those third downs. Ooh, I don't. I haven't looked. I don't that have up. it. I don't have it in front of me, unfortunately. But just I thought like it felt early. The big one I thought was the first one to Lazard where it was like third and 10. And I was like, there's no prayer that they're going to get this. And then they hit him and he just kind of fell backwards. They hit him like four yards short and he somehow made his way. Just no one was really around him and he just kind of fell forward past the first. Oh, I was like, yeah. oh, he, he gets just across the line. Is that the, that one? Yeah, exactly. It was very early. In the game. It was their third drive. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think just much better situational football today. We've seen, I mean, last week they beat the Dolphins, went two of 14 on third down, which was very yucky um but yeah just nice to see that from them and i think that was kind of where rogers uh succeeded today was on third downs when they had to have it it was quite good uh did you have any other positives i just thought you know i had just about aaron jones and just how much more explosive he looked Mm -hmm. um and able to hit the hole with with speed more explosive than he looked for a couple weeks now i think yeah they need him. Um, they need him 7. badly. 9, 111 yards at 7.9 per carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he had um, a really nice day. They didn't day. use him much in the past game. They didn't use either a running back much in the past game. I think yeah, that they was... had, what, like three targets total? Yeah, 
I no, almost I, had that as a negative. Four. I almost had that as a negative for the offense, but then I was just like, you know, they didn't really need to pass the ball. They were up 14-3 before they had a first down, I think. Like, at, or maybe not they quite. Had one, they had one first down. Yeah. But they were up 14-3 before they had positive. They were up 14-3 and they were negative in passing yards. Exactly. And so I was like, I I could say that they could use the backs more in the passing game, but there's just no, there wasn't any need in this game, so it doesn't feel like an entirely fair critique. Uh, did you have anything else for the offense, or should we move over to the defense? Because I feel like the defense was the pride and joy of this performance by the Packers today. Yeah, defense defense was shining today. Yes, I think I... You want to go for what we wanted to see? Yeah, let's start us off with what we wanted to see. I almost don't even want to start with the negatives. Like, I have a couple. Let's. I feel like it's it just... It's hard to they find. Kind of... I have, like, one or two little minor things. Me too. It's just, they, they were so good today against a... What is a pretty dang good offense especially over the last few weeks but what did we want to see going into this game dad so i wanted to see the defense pressure cousins up the middle with clark and wyatt give wyatt more and maybe some blitzes from walker mixed in which i don't think we got that we did get yeah. pressure up the middle because that's the weakest part of the vikings o-line is their guard center guard especially and when they lost we knew they their... were going to have a backup center to start yeah. the game and then they lost him and they were the third string center and he was and then it was re- he was really struggling out there. You could he tell he was struggling he just didn't, to f- he didn't know the, the timing snap of counts. the snap. Right, exactly. he didn't know the snap counts. He didn't know like sometimes he didn't seem to know the, like the play. He was thank you to him for helping us have a good day. But like you said, pressure up the well, middle. I mean, Clark it, led the team with four pressures per PFF, uh, tied with Enigbare, who also had four pressures. I mean, they they dominated and clung the might line. Have been, uh, Kenny Clark's best game of the year. That's, I think it's definitely in the conversation. I think, I'm trying to decide if I thought the Bears game was better. But it's definitely one of the two. I think it was the Bears game that I also thought he had an excellent day. But anyway, yeah, Kenny was really great. Good pass rush that day, but his overall overall grade, this is his best. For PFF, yeah. For, for as, PFF as much as you want to trust PFF grades. And, yeah, and then the next best was actually the Tampa game. Mm. But yeah, pressure up the middle. For me, the things I wanted to see from the defense were give Jefferson additional attention, uh, especially in key downs and distance. Check, check, and check. Uh, and then the other was blitz linebackers up the middle, make their interior think. Uh, they didn't do that too much, but it worked no, out. So, But they were beating him anyway. Exactly. They were rushing for and having good success with it. And then when they weren't, they, when they started to lose a bit of that, um, a bit of that, uh, pass rush they were getting with those four they started doing bare fronts with five across the front which also had a good amount of success um but at first before let's start with the good uh and then we we'll just do a couple negatives since they're oh, just really? literally tacked on things um but i think that i just want to start by saying joe barry tip of the cap because you came in with a game plan and everyone was locked in and the game plan worked like it was uh, i think i heard both nate tice and justice mosqueda say like essentially if they were, oh goodness, was it? They they had a very essentially very, um, like simple plan for Jefferson where if he was in the slot, uh, they were going to run one coverage, and then if he was out wide, they were going to run another, and they just this is what we're going to do. Um, they ended up as Jefferson. I think it was if he was outside, they were just running man. And if it's inside, they were bracketing him, if I remember correctly. But don't quote me on that. Go listen to the Athletic NFL show and uh, the repack on Acme Packing Co. If you want to 
hear uh, two people break down a little more X's and O's on that film. But they gave Jefferson fits in this game. I mean, just one he catch was really for 15 frustrated. yards. One he catch was for 15 to, yards on five targets. I mean, that's He was trying that's to throw his helmet at... That's the worst game of his career. Yeah, he was trying to throw his helmet at one point and hit the back of the ref. Yeah, that was a bit of a yikes moment. From the, the yeah. one angle, it looked like he was just intentionally trying to hit the ref, and then you see the side angle, and you're like, oh, no, he did an accident. But there's one angle where you're just like, oh, my goodness. Um, but they shut him down. They shut down. The, uh, so my my big positive is the secondary. This is, I think, the best game I've seen the secondary play in four or five years. Uh, they had 10 pass breakups and three picks for the defense. Seven of those pass breakups were the secondary. Quay had one, and then TJ Slayton had two. Um, they shut down Jefferson one catch for 15 yards on five targets. They shut down Thielen one catch for 16 yards on four targets, three interceptions. I mean, they were flying to the ball. And I think, uh, Jair gets a lot of the shine because he was great on Jefferson and he grittied in his face, which honestly for me made this the season an absolute win. I don't need anything more from the season. I got that. I'll take it. But I think, uh, Amos had a really nice game. Rasul Douglas had a great game. Darnell Savage had a really good game. I mean, I pretty I don't think there's anyone along the defense uh, along the secondary. Darnell Savage had that pick six. Uh, Amos had a pick, and then uh, the third pick was Rudy Ford, uh, who also had a pretty good game. There was no one in the secondary I would say where I felt like they were playing poorly. I think that's fair. Yeah, it's one of I think it was one of better one of uh, Savage's better games in a while. Yeah, um, I think Nate Tice still was maybe saying, missed a tackle, but they didn't. Miss Nate that Tice many. was saying that he they essentially let him play a lot more man. They didn't have they had him closer to the line of scrimmage, just playing man, just being like, "This is going to be the guy, the guy you guard. Just don't worry about anything else." And that that really they felt like that he felt that that really worked for him. Um, if that's as much as it takes, just simplifying his responsibilities way down, and he can be a positive player for this defense. I mean, he's the type of athlete that you just kind of need to if you can find a way to get him on the field and as a positive contributor. 10 out of, like, that's good. That's very good for the defense. Yeah, I had also, of course, Jair, and talking before the game, everybody's worried about it, but he backed it up. When he hit that gritty in the first quarter on the first pass breakup, how worried were you? I was, scale of 1 to 10, I was like an 8. I was like, this feels like a mistake. Because <laughs> things were going well, and you're like, yes. do we really want to mess with this now? I was like, we're going to poke the bear on the first on the first pass of the game? Okay. See how that works. And it worked. I can't even, like, talk your shit, Jair. He backed it up. And for the most part, we were converting our turnover opportunities. We had games where, you know, Cousins had tried to give us three or four interceptions, and we'd come up with none of them. Yeah. And we actually grabbed those picks today. Mm-hmm. Three picks um, and one forced fumble. I mean, they they were active around the ball. And just 10 pass breakups for a defense is, is incredible. Like, just so many plays on the ball. And so many tight, like making them throw into tight windows. And I will say that uh, there was definitely some times they gave up a, a few things. Actually, mostly to Hawkinson, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, but I will say also, I thought the D-line played really well. Uh, they allowed Minnesota running backs to carry the ball for just 3.8 yards per carry. Uh, that So the whole front played pretty well. And then PFF had the Packers down for 11 run stops and just three missed tackles in the run game. Uh, Kenny and Enigbare, they had them both for four pressures. I mean, just just a really nice day for uh, the whole the whole defense, especially the secondary. But didn't want to leave the D line without any shine. 
Yeah, and I think the D line had gave you know had an effect on the quality game that the secondary had. I also had Kenny with another great game, an elite PFF grade. Uh, the the sack, forced fumble, and the recovery, which basically iced the game at that point. You're yes. Like, well, what are they down by twenty four? Maybe they can have another big comeback again. And then after that, it's like, no, it's not happening. Yeah. Once they scored a touchdown on that subsequent drive, it was like, okay, thirty one three. And I had that's that. And TJ Slayton with a, with uh, also had a nice game. He had he four had tackles, really... including three stops. Yes. I, was it like one or two um, batted I mean, balls at the line? Can we talk about the goal line stand? I mean, here's is that is that the one where he's got like a hold of the guy's jersey? He he penetrated the short yards and he just will not let go. While everybody else comes in, while well, it's a uh, Jair and maybe it's a, bunch, it's a bunch of them, big gang come tackle, in and clean it up. He, he penetrated on two, like I think both second and third down, like both of the run plays. He is like pushing the center back into the backfield, and they let him play a lot of nose and put Kenny a little bit more towards like three and like an like close to the edge. And that really worked for them. And I think they've kind of found something with that because Slayton was great. He had two like two swats at the line, one of which caused the pick that Amos got. Uh, he was like, he, he's very got some active. hops if he if he needs to jump yeah, for exactly. For and remember he and could he was, dunk at three hundred and thirty pounds, which is just wild. But yeah, he was he was really good, and it was a little scary because uh, did you know that on those uh, goal line stands they had every active D line in the game. They had. They only Is had that right? four. All of them they, were in. They only had four active D line this game. Because well, Low, yeah, Lowry's on Lowry's IR, out, and, and they, they still did not activate not Ford. Still, like, why? Why is he on the roster? If, why is he not on not, the practice squad? He's not going to. If he's not going to be active in a game where you don't have any D line, really, uh, it's just kind of that's kind of confusing to me. But you know, yeah, you notice, had, yeah, Go ahead. Sorry. They they activated Garvin instead of him mm-hmm. last Slate, week. Garvin. I'm, Instead of they activated Garvin instead of Ford last week, Ford and Garvin yeah, were both play out. So, they play so different. I know Garvin's- they play differently, but this is what like in terms of like roster um, decisions when Low- with Lowry out instead of Ford, the player they added that was out last week yep. was Garvin. Which last is, week I they mean, went with three edges. That's and true. This week they went with four. And maybe I think they were playing Lowry a little at edge. Uh, and that's yeah. probably was their thought was he could play some edge for them, but yeah, I I mean the D line was great, Slayton was great, um, Kenny was great, like we said. Uh, Reed had a really nice game again, and then Wyatt was I mean everyone on the D line had a good game. I thought Wyatt wasn't quite as impactful as he was against Miami. I didn't think I didn't think he had quite as good a game, but still nice game. I think he still was able to make some make some positive plays. Yeah, he, um, he I should also had, against snaps. Yeah. I also had... So he had maybe his, his highest snap count of the year, 34. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's just keep getting those numbers up. Yeah. He needs he needs playing time. He needs to... Yeah, he needs to play. Um, and I, I had... I also mentioned the run defense that for for the running backs, they only gave up... They gave up less than four yards per carry. And, the, and what they were able to do in the run defense in the D-line was to force minnesota to get a field goal after the block punt which was a huge play that was the that was the a tone setter for the rest of the game the defense did an amazing job just playing physical and making the vikings look like weak at the point of attack over and over again and just setting the tone like emotional like you give up that block punt they get the ball at the one shout out Dolan levitt by the way for oh i, I have him in my special teams notes it's like the difference between him catching that ball 
and downing it at the one so that they have the offense has to come into field, giving the defense a chance to stop it is huge. If you compare that or contrast that, I should say, to the playoff game game last year where nobody could find the ball and the Niners scoop it up for the score. Yeah, I mean, an enormous difference. Yeah, brief shots in, but yeah, the D line, I mean, it went Kirk Cousins, like play action pass to out route covered by, I think, Douglas. Like, like, and he misses him low and wide uh, because Douglas is in pretty good coverage. Then uh, run up the middle that gets stopped by, I think, Slayton. And then another run up the middle that Slayton penetrates and then gets stopped by, like, a gang of people, uh, including, I think, Amos and Jair. And then, essentially, they had three tries from the one-yard line and lost a yard. Like, when has that yep. ever been true of the Packers' defense? <laughs> yeah, the other thing I wanted to mention is they only had five missed tackles this game. Compare that to, what, a month ago or so, where it was 22. Yeah, good. Oh, the times, they are a-changing. Yeah, because that's, yeah. that's incredible. And can we just talk a let's, I We kind of glanced over it. To limit Justin Jefferson to one catch, one catch, and to frustrate him, he was out of it. He was not, he was not even, play, like, trying to play the game by the end. He, like... He was so beaten by. You could look at his effort on uh, the return, Savage's uh, interception return. Yeah, and just you want to see about how 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 he was in the game mentally at that point. And the way that I mean, (laughs) Jair poked the bear a lot this week. He was saying, "Yes." He said, first game was a fluke. He's not. He doesn't have a super suit. He like pretty much. He's a good receiver, but I'm a great corner. Talk to talk, talk to talk. And to go in and to dance in his face and limit him to one. I saw somewhere he's like, he hasn't had one catch in a game since he was at LSU in 2018 or something like that. Like a receiver of that caliber. Justin Jefferson is a top three receiver in this league. Yeah, he was leading the league in in, uh, yardage, receiving yardage. He was leading the league in catches over 10 yards. All kinds of things. It's been excellent this year, but uh, they they had a plan for and, him, and Jair came up, and and then he wore the big hat in the locker room yes, after the game. Big hat was hilarious. But it seemed like Joe Barry's like plan was just if he was outside, let Jair just come up and press him, and then give him safety help over the top. Oh, that was, was the other thing I wanted to mention. Great, yeah, great yeah. plan because he the, physically like over and over again just just punched him in the chest like every single route he could punched him in the chest as hard as he could that's what i, I was gonna mention one time they knocked like, him down i think jefferson was like you know what we're down 24 i'm i'm tired of this i want to go home like i'm, I'm done but with they, this the, their their aggress their aggressiveness they're at ch- the line they, of scrimmage to to you know give him a, a hard check at the line as he's trying to get off into his route i think had a big impact on that yes. performance and joe barry's plan like i said before i think it was essentially hard man coverage when he's on the outside with safety help over the top which, like, a lot of people are like, oh, Jair didn't shut him down. He had safety help over the top. Everyone gets safety help over the top, especially in press man. Like, that's just kind of how it works. Uh, and then, If you don't do that, you're a fool. Yes. Really? If they I didn't mean, do that, they would, have lo- they would have lost if they didn't do that. You just, that's, just, that's, just, that's just dumb football. It's like, oh, Offense well, has too many we're going to show how manly we are by, by getting burned. Offense has too many built-in advantages for that to be a very viable strategy yeah. against the best of the best receivers. It just doesn't Back work in like the that. Day Everyone gets that up you would have up. that sort of mano a mano because you could grab, hold, push. There was no five yard. Yeah. Um, no illegal contact. You could, you could contact them all the way down the field. There wasn't the five yard zone it was the only place you could bump them. Yeah. 
and the just that and then when he was in the slot essentially just bracketing him and just i mean they the plan going in was executed incredibly well by the secondary shout out to jerry gray for having them ready and shout out joe barry for having that having that plan ready and i think jerry gray is also the passing game coordinator on defense so that's also on him as well i mean it just works and letting your good players do what they're good at like 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 that's what a concept and that's and the one what catch, they the one catch he them. had was just they were playing way off for no reason. And I was like, why are we? It's, okay, we're, yes. we're, it's all working. Of a, all of a sudden, yeah, it's been working. And I was like, why Why is he 12 yards off here? Yeah. It's, it's and like, then they get like, the first okay, down. I guess we just let it, let everyone know he at least played. But yeah, they they really, really did a good job against him. Did you have any other positives from the def- from the defense i have a just a couple negatives um yep just i a, think a, one of them i see has the same um uh, for the negatives i had like hawkinson i guess you could say they lost him in the middle a few times but yeah, maybe that he, was the scheme scheme design and they said well he's not going to beat us there's no perfect um, defense and if you're giving up i mean he had 12 targets he had seven catches for 59 yards he should have had probably like 10 catches. He had like three or four drops. So I thought he really could have hurt the Packers a bit more. Um, and I you mean, could see where he his, he, he like uh, juked and, and lost the lost linebacker in the middle of the field once or twice. Yeah, and, and that was that. And then the other one I had was they did let the Vikings march down the field a bit. In the first half, five of seven uh, Minnesota drives ended up in Green Bay territory. They... Move the ball 34 yards to the Green Bay 28, 40 yards to the Green Bay 31, 46 yards to the Green Bay 32. Uh, and the Vikings just missed two field goals. It would have been a 24 to 9 game uh, going into halftime, just a two score game if they had made their field goals. Um, and then coming out of half, the Vikings were also marching, going nine plays for 60 yards before Kenny Clark broke into the backfield and strip sacked Cousins. Um, so that's just something to keep an eye on. They didn't like. They clamped certain parts of the offense, but at times they did allow the Vikings to move the ball. But the Vikings are a good offense, so I'm really not even that worried about that. I just think it's just something to keep in mind. They did let them move the ball, but they were very opportunistic when the opportunities presented themselves. So I'm not even that yeah. like upset about it or anything. The only other thing I had to mention was like the scrambles by Cousins. Yeah, yeah I mean, he was the like thing their, is, in some ways he was like their best. That was their best play on offense. Yeah, was, and it's tough because was, they just don't have a whole lot of like pass rush finishers right now. Like. Both yeah. of them were just like he was just sitting back there waiting and waiting. Yep, but that was that for a good chunk of the until late in the game. Those were their most effective plays in terms of yards per play. Yeah, I mean, was it he was only one yard off being their leading rusher for the night? Yeah, and I Which think why the thing about he only got past there kind of late. Yeah, in garbage I mean, time. What a fun game because they. Because Cook actually did get hurt at some point, and then Madison was getting more work. Mm-hmm. But I Cook mean that, was not able to do anything. They were shutting him down. Yeah, and for someone who has routinely killed the Packers in the past often, uh, I mean, not the last, uh, not two meetings ago in December because Manning was playing quarterback, but I feel like he often, especially in the passing game, they did let him break up, uh, um, break through for one screen, but I mean, they were... They were just very. They were more prepared and more physical than the the Vikings in almost every facet. Have you seen? Have you seen the uh, Vikings conspiracy theory? 
um, of which there are many. The the conspiracy theory that the Packers that, intentionally oh, overwatered the field so that the Vikings that, players would flip. Yes, yeah, so, so so oh, that would only affect the Vikings somehow. Some some magic by, by some magic that the wet field what? would affect the Vikings putting enough. <laughs> I think there's, their theory is we would know which cleats to use, and they wouldn't. And it's it's very funny because the the if you can't figure out which cleats to 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 use as the game is going on, that's you know the mental only, gymnastics are. You only have to look at you only have to look at a mirror. Yeah, and to, I mean, uh, we have to find out who's who 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 did this. Here, I okay. So, question about the defense, since we have a little extra time here as we're wrapping up. Do you think this the defense that they played today is sustainable? Because next week they play Detroit, who has a very good offensive line, much better offensive line than the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they can take this performance and take anything from it? and apply it to the Lions. I think so, because I liked that they were more aggressive with the receivers at the line of scrimmage than they had been other times of the year where they're getting free releases, and then we're just playing catch-up and chasing them around. So that, I think, was uh, something that is encouraging and that that they failed to do in the first game against Minnesota, and we've been hoping they would do. So that's something I think is, is transferable. The only thing whether we can get the pressure with our D line, um, the only thing I'm like thinking though game is, is just that Amon Ra is mostly slot. Mm-hmm. Is the best receiver harder to be physical with a slot guy? Although they were able to limit Jefferson, who would lined up in the slot quite a he, bit in this game. Right, he lines up in the slot normally, and uh, yes, yeah, so just uh, you do have the two way go for the slot receiver. It makes it a little di- difficult. Yeah, they did but, a lot uh, of bracket coverage on Jefferson. Like you, essentially, if he goes right. I'll take him. If he goes left, you take him, um, which was kind of like their plan for when he lined up inside. And, um, and one thing I think you can do with this is, is you can uh, bump him with the linebacker who's not yeah. even going to cover. Just check I him, do, throw him I off do his route, worry, and then the, the coverage is behind. I do worry, though, that with the Lions' like very good offensive line, that it's going to be tougher for the defensive line than it was today. Because a lot of what they did today was they – did you have you seen the clips, I think – I think Ross Uglum posted them on Twitter that they're just lining up three guys on the right side of the Vikings line and just bullying their backup right tackle and center, just like throwing the house at them and just like, yeah, the left side, whatever. Like, that's fine. We're just going to send four guys this way and flood that side of the line because you it's guys weak, can't handle this. It's a weak link system. Yeah, but I don't, what's the... Does, so what's going to happen when there's when there's not an obvious weak link? Exactly. When there's we, not obvi- get, two obvious we, weak links. Will we be able to get pressure? That's 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 the tr- the question. That's the, is, that's the million dollar pressure? That's the million dollar question. That's the playoff question. Is can you do enough Kenny is to, starting to play better and better. Mr. December. Yeah. That's what they call him. And he is, I think, our uh, main, best defensive s- player. main disruptor in the backfield. Best field. defensive player. With, with Gary out, he's our best defensive player. I think they yeah, uh, that, they're going to need him to really carry the load next week, and that's yes that's tough because so they I'm have, hoping we're going to see um, a away game outdoor golf. I mean, um, I hope so. He has week. small hands. I hope it's very cold. Um, but I'm just I do worry a bit. Like the running game for them is going to be pretty tough to stop. I would say. Uh, I mean, they did hold the Lions to a fairly pedestrian total in their last game. Was it 19-9 uh, in the first Lions game? 
was it 19-9? I know the Packers only ended up with nine. I forget what the Lions got in that game. Let me just a sec. I'll let you know. I got it up. Yeah, fifteen to nine. Fifteen nine. Yeah, so yeah, they're down by they're down by less than a score in the end with three yeah, so, red zone I mean, picks. They had decent like success against the Lions' offense last time around in Detroit. So maybe they can take whatever they did in that game and translate some of it to this one. They, it's a bit. I was gonna say it's tough because they had Gary in that game, but they did lose Gary and Stokes midway through that game. During so. that game, yeah. The only person who really had a good game against Sun offense was Jamal. Yeah, with eighty-one yards. Yeah, and and that was in the peak of when Swift was injured. He's really coming to life for them now. So I am gonna be interested. The Vikings, I feel like, didn't try to use their running backs much in the passing game. They only hit Cook on that one design screen, and then they hit him on a dump down. And I think they hit Madison late uh, in the game for another catch. I can't re- exactly remember when he had his, unless he was. I I'm mixing up him and Cook on one of them. Um, but the Lions do like to use uh, Swift and Jamal a lot more in the passing game, so it's going to be a big test for the linebackers. Uh, I think Campbell's look kind of up and down, and eh, kind of Anson's coming back from injury. Quay is really coming to life though. He's the- getting better and better every week. I feel like, and it, I think it's really helped him to have Campbell back. Did you see that tweet about Quay's, um, oh, what was it? Uh, I think Zach Cruz had it. Let me see if I can pull it up. Um, about his coverage. Uh, since uh, week 10, uh, this is per Zach Cruz on Twitter, at Zach Cruz 2. Uh, eight receptions allowed on 15 targets into his coverage for 23 total yards, three forced incompletions, seven stops since week 10. He has been really good in coverage. He's still... Making some mistakes in the run game, filling the wrong gap, but the the passing game work has been very nice to see. Yeah, something that we didn't have for a long time um, in the the, the Packers, uh, you know, middle linebackers. Yeah, off ball I linebackers. Mean, he had a couple nice plays on Hawkinson. I thought in this game he had one pass breakup at least, where he just thudded Hawkinson and made him drop it. He, oh, you could yeah, say yeah, it was yeah. a, a Hawkinson drop, but yeah, Coy made a play. But yeah, I think they're going to need big, big time games from both of them uh, in order to stop the Lions, just because they like using their backs in the passing game. Um, but anything else you had for the defense side, or should we uh, touch on special teams and then wrap up? Let's go on to teams because teams got them going this this game. Almost sunk them it, early. Almost, right? It was it was as they I said are. in the beginning. It was like special teams giveth and taketh away. First, first it gave it away with that blocked punt. So they failed uh, a a blocking fail on the punt um, protection unit on the, fir- the Packers' first pos- possession, where they gave up the ball at the one yard line. But then the very next ch- chance the special teams had, they're almost. I, I guess you could say the, the the field goal attempt is a special teams attempt, but yeah, yeah same idea. We don't but, count that. Uh, Nixon, like, Keyshawn, Nixon Keyshawn, is him, the man squared. You know, he said he woke up feeling like a Ferrari, and that's why they called him the Ferrari. <laughs> he called like Bisaccia because he he wasn't sure he was going to play in the game. He'd still had that. No, he, 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 he DNP'd all week. Exactly, and then he Sunday morning he said he woke up. He called Rich Bisaccia. He said, "I feel like a Ferrari." And then 105 yards later, I will say though, excellent blocking. Do you see somebody's got like a picture from the end zone of you see the hole he's running through yeah. and Most. then he gets he gets through and then he just has the kicker to beat and he's yeah. got a convoy like the last 40 yards there is he's There's got four, like three packers, packers around him no vikings the first no guy vikings that, the only guy he has to beat is the kicker like that's perfect blocking 
That's exactly what you need from your return unit. And you could say, you know, terrible coverage by the Vikings too. I mean, ugh, yikes. Yep. But it was well, we'll the first those. first kickoff um, return for touchdowns. Cobb's rookie. Cobb. Yeah. First game, I think. Game. Yes. I think it was week one of his rookie year, it was 2000, week one, 2011. Week one so, you know, 11 years ago. Yeah. That's kind of wild to think about that they haven't had. And I, I think I read somewhere that they hadn't had a kick return, like a special teams touchdown and a defensive touchdown since 2014. Oh, this might be like. Okay, I was thinking it was a lot uh, I think that. it was against the Eagles. They had Julius Peppers had a pick six, and Micah Hyde had a punt return touchdown, if I remember correctly. Okay, I don't remember um, what the story was with that. Yeah, I mean, and then, what a and fun then game. also, yeah, and then Crosby gets his Lambo career long. Yeah. At 56 yards. Right off the crossbar um, and in. We have found yeah, his lane. Not, it, was not range. 50, it was not 57. It was not even 56 and a half. It was 56. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Those, you know, the graphics they have good from. Honestly, that one he made it. He made it at fifty six. Probably the the graphic would say good from fifty five because that thing <laughs> hit the crossbar and bounced in. I would say you got about a 50-50 chance of that thing going in each time. Um, but yeah, longest kick at Lambo had to take all the kickoffs because of Ahmed's injury. Um, yeah, I mean, just a yep. really nice game from longest kick of the season. I think still for him as well. Um, yep. he, then they I, said then, in the they said in the broadcast right, he, didn't, that he, he didn't have a fifty over this year. Yeah, I think I that's think, right before that one. But they said in the broadcast that he uh, he hadn't even tried to kick that far in warmups. No, right? He wasn't even. It's like, but he he wasn't even trying to kick in warmups that far. And then there was I saw a tweet today, and I don't know that quote? I said the, the quote where yeah, um, Rogers and I were talking about whether we'd go for it, and then Crosby's just out there warming up. He's like, well, I guess we're kicking it. <laughs> But that was big because that was a they missed their kick and then we moved it down and made our kick six point swing and a half. Like, that's huge. That was big. They that the, that that miss that we turned into points because yeah. it gave us a better field position with what like thirty five seconds left or something, just enough something for us to get like down that. to the field goal um, territory. And then the other thing I was going to say, and was... then we already the other the other special teams already mentioned the the Levitt kind of low key um, important play to that helped stop the touchdown. After the block punt. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say the other thing I saw that Zach Cruz also tweeted was Tariq Carpenter has a special teams tackle in six of his last seven games. Ah. Key key factor on the, the coverage teams. He's, he's, he's got uh, good physical tools. He can't change direction so quickly based on his agility numbers, but size and speed. That's what that's what they drafted him for was to play special teams. That's they picked him in the yeah. seventh round for that. So it's good. Um, Ted, let's wrap it up here. We're getting a little bit close to time. Who is your player of the game? So my, I, I had one on one on offense and one on defense. I have Jair on defense. He's my number one for player of the game. Talking the talk, backing it up, having a great game, setting the tone for the secondary, um, taking away their number. How often are we just clamoring for the Packers to just have them follow? And not just follow, but in general, try to take away the number one weapon on the other team. It's like, this is the obvious guy. This is the guy who's going to beat you. Put your resources into stopping him instead of getting burned. And this time they did it. And then I had Aaron Jones as a uh, um, player of the game on offense. Because he, I mean, he looked like he he was running healthy, even though he did have that, that limp uh, that he came up with in the, during the game. Yeah, for me, um, I think Jair has to be player of the game. Set the tone so entirely. 
all week and then backed it up on Sunday, which is amazing to see. Uh, my second choice would be Nixon. Uh, they go down 3 nothing there early on, and the defense does a nice job giving them that mo- some some momentum. And then Nixon just snatches the momentum, and they never look back at that point. Flips the, flips the script. Exactly. Honorable mentions, like I said earlier, Mercedes Lewis and DeGuara, I think were both really key cogs to the success of the run game. Uh, I think Mercedes Lewis ended up being their highest-graded offensive player by PFF for whatever that's worth. Their highest-graded blocker, for sure. Um, yes. I think it's – and is that run and pass? I believe – just... just specifically in the run game, it felt like they were having him block like Hunter so many times and – Old man, there was that. Do you see that play where he's like lined up? He has to get around him to seal the edge. Yeah, um, didn't know he could move the, like on that. The run block. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are my players of the game. Dad, anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrap up here? Um, I think that was it. I think we covered everything that I wanted to talk about. Uh, nice today. Well, anyway, thank you so much for giving us a listen, breaking down this Packers. Oh, just one thing. Oh, go ahead. We did get a brief Jordan Love sighting. Yes. Um, but fine. nothing really happened. Yeah, no. he handed the ball off. <laughs> People were asking had... asking to have uh, Love come in. I think it was one for three on passes or something like two that. Two for three, I thought. Put some respect on his name, Dad. Two for three. Two for three for nine yards. Yes. But anyway, thank you again so much for coming and listening to this breakdown of the Packers' win over the Vikings. They got a win next week against the Lions, and they'll make it into the playoffs. If they lose, they're out. Uh, if you enjoy what you heard, we do two podcasts a week, a pregame and a postgame. We'll be doing a pregame for this Lions game on Thursday. That game is going to be on Sunday Night Football. And if you really enjoy what you're listening to here, come check us out on Twitter, at FatherSonPacker. We tweet out when we have new episodes, articles, injury updates, stuff like that. Come give us a follow. We'd really appreciate it. And if you really, really, really like what you hear, come subscribe to us on YouTube, Father Son Packers Podcast. It would really help our numbers. You can find our podcast there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. Until next time, thank you again for listening. Go Petco. Go Petco.